0: Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken.
1: Aloha. Welcome to a bonus podcast of Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken, and I'm glad you're joining us. COVID-19 is an ongoing topic, and there have been a lot of questions about testing. I found out that the testing centers now are able to demonstrate a little more flexibility in who they test for COVID-19, and also that several of the testing centers are offering antibody tests, so I thought it would be good to learn more. Today is Friday, June 5th. Later this afternoon, I expect to record a discussion with Hawaii's Governor David Ige about a whole variety of different things and that will be the next bonus podcast so be sure to check back at the podcast site where you found this either wherever you find podcasts you can always look for island conversations or our podcasts along with the latest island news especially about COVID-19 are always posted at kwxx.com and at b97hawaii.com let's get to the conversation this morning, we're talking with some people from Ali'i Health Center at Keahoe Shopping Center. First of all, we have Anne Brodersen. She is an advanced practice nurse and has a wide background in emergency services, medical life flights, cardiology, and more. And now she's very, very involved with COVID-19 testing. Good morning. Aloha, Anne.
2: Good morning, Siri. Thanks for having us.
1: And we're also talking with Clayton McGann. He is the chief executive officer of Ali'i Health. And he also is the liaison between Ali'i Health and Kona Community Hospital's Incident Command. And that's really important all days, but certainly these days. Aloha, Clayton.
3: Aloha. Thanks for having us.
1: Well, I'm delighted to have you because although we have been talking with many people about different aspects of COVID-19, including testing, I know that Ali'i Health is doing regular COVID-19 testing and antibody testing on Mondays and Thursdays from 8 to noon at Keahoe Shopping Center. And you've also been doing some outreach to other places on the island that don't have regular COVID-19 testing. So I'd like to talk with you about all of this. And also because our three hospitals are now reopening, I'd like to have you help us understand how COVID-19 testing plays into the ability of the hospitals to do it and how it impacts the patients. So let's start with COVID-19 testing. Tell us what you're doing, what you're seeing, how many people you're having come get COVID-19 tested, and why what you're doing is pretty critical to our islands going forward in reopening businesses and eventually allowing significant tourism back in. And let's start with you on this. So
2: absolutely, Sherry. Since our first testing day on March 28th at Old Airport, our focus at Elite health has been PCR nasal swab testing. This is the most important test for COVID-19 because this is the test that looks for active infection and the possibility for somebody who is infected to be contagious to others. So that is the test that is the nasal swab. It's very, very good at picking up positive results Positive results are very trustworthy there is some leeway as far as a possibility of a false negative result and most of that has to do with the timing of when the test is completed so that's been our bread and butter and that's what we'll continue to focus on at elite health Center both now that the active cases has fallen so dramatically and thank goodness for that but also as Our local economy is reopening, and certainly after we have more flights coming in and more exposure, the PCR test is going to be the most crucial thing to continue. So all during April, when we moved down to Keohull Shopping Center for our testing site, and we've been doing this every Monday and Thursday from 8 a.m. to noon, We were very consistently testing between 100 and 110 community members every single Monday and Thursday. There was one off day that got a little bit intense. We tested 204 the Monday after our caseload in in West Hawaii had doubled in size. But outside of that, it was a very, very consistent volume. We felt extremely confident in our ability to really recognize what the viral load was in our community with such a great turnout. However, something has changed right around the beginning of May. The turnout has been dropping a bit. So now, this month, we've been seeing between 50 and 70 patients getting tested by PCR nasal swab on Mondays and Thursdays. And I think that there's certainly a lot of reasons, perhaps some fear, um, perhaps some uncertainty and people not knowing who should be tested or what symptoms you need to have to need a test. And probably a bit of it is just the COVID fatigue in the community because we've been dealing with this for so long now. But we're hoping just to make sure that everybody's aware that Ali'i Health continues to offer this community service and that it's such an important thing to continue as we're reopening so that we can quickly identify any positive cases or clusters that might pop up and then do a great handoff to Department of Health who has been doing an excellent job with their contact tracing and being able to uh, really contain any further spread before things turn into a big problem.
1: Well, and one of the things that, well, I want to talk to you about a couple things you mentioned, but you mentioned people need to be clear on what symptoms they need to have. And I talked with Dr. Scott Miskovich a little bit about this, but it's well known that COVID-19 can be in a person and they may have no symptoms or symptoms that are really quite mild that might not be recognized. They can have a small cough or whatever. So tell us who you are willing to test. I mean, do you require them to have the whole complement of COVID symptoms? How's that working? Because I know some people are concerned, but the Department of Health has been most clear that you have to have symptoms or you don't get tested. So help us understand.
2: Sure. So it's always going to be a clinical judgment by the medical provider that's doing the screening visit with that patient. Certainly at our test site, we recognize that asymptomatic infection is a very common occurrence. So as long as we've had such excellent access to test kits, and especially since the private labs are doing such an amazing job with getting results back very, very quickly, we feel that it would be improper to wait for somebody to develop symptoms before we give them a test because we're wasting a lot of time that we could be picking up an infection earlier and limiting the transmission through the household or to other people in the public. So basically everybody these days falls into a category that should be tested, irregardless of presence of symptoms. Some of these are past medical history. So chronic lung disease like asthma, COPD, emphysema, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, immunocompromised folks, pregnancy, somebody who's overweight, somebody who smokes, the list goes on and on and on. And the reason we want those folks to get tested is because if we were to miss an infection in them, they have the potential to get very, very ill. And so that would be too high of stakes to not test them. Another group that we encourage to come down to get screened and tested would be anybody who has high public contact. So perhaps somebody who works in a bank, works in a grocery store, certainly any healthcare worker. Also somebody who works at you know a grocery store or even people in tourism that maybe haven't been in public the last month or so But as they're changing the guidance from the governor and the mayor are hoping to get back into that line of work. So all of these folks, you know, there's something very reassuring to be able to say, hey, I came down, I tested negative, and now I'm going to continue to follow the guidelines that the Centers for Disease Control, the Department of Health, my governor and my mayor have set forward to help keep me negative. And I think as an employer, you know, to have, to have that reassurance that a, a great many of your employees who are interacting with each other and with the public have that negative status and are doing things correctly, that's a really, really nice reassurance to have in your back pocket as you're reopening.
1: I've talked with Dina Craig over at Aloha Kona Urgent Care. They do testing just as you do. Theirs is on Saturdays at Pottery Terrace from 8 to noon. And I've talked with others because there's a lot of testing sites around the island. And that seems to be the consensus that we really do need to be on the lookout for COVID-19 so it does not get out of hand. As healthcare providers, do you know and do you share where cases of COVID-19 are on the island, where the active cases are?
2: I don't have that information, unfortunately, we don't share any we don't we only report to the Department of Health, and that's the only agencies that we share any information about our positive cases and it is a frustration that it's kind of hard to pinpoint where in the county the active cases are because especially as a health care provider, you know it'd be be nice to know if your specific community is getting a higher viral load or not. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we don't always have access to all that information.
1: Once somebody has a COVID-19 test, are there restrictions on their activities? Because that could be an issue for people who are concerned or unwilling to come in and get a test.
2: Sure. So, you know, we've kind of changed our process for what our recommendations are for our patients who test. So if they have absolutely no symptoms and no High exposure risk. And high exposure risk would be contact with a known COVID positive individual in the prior two weeks, travel by airplane in the prior two weeks. Those are pretty much the people that don't need to do a voluntary self quarantine while waiting for their results because this is more of a surveillance type testing. We're just trying to make sure we have a good sample size and we want to make sure that we're not missing. A infection. However, given that they are going to be following the local guidelines, we do not require those folks to quarantine while waiting for, for their results. And the good news is that the results are turning over in one or two days at the most. So it's not; it wouldn't be too long of a wait, anyhow.
1: You mentioned that COVID-19 testing is your bread and butter, and this might be a question for Clayton McGann how much are you charging the people who come in for testing and who is paying you to do it and how much are you getting and where does it come from for doing the COVID-19 testing?
3: Great question. I'll be happy to answer. So we don't charge anyone anything for COVID testing because of the CARES Act and different things that have been passed. We've been able to gain payment from that program. If someone does have insurance, the insurance companies is someone we can charge. However, If they don't, we're willing to see them and give them a test at no cost, no matter what. That's kind of been our policy here. So we're happy to do it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's our bread and butter. It's it's something that we've jumped into for a community need. We are a multi-specialist group, so we're definitely also focused on other specialties and making sure that those needs aren't lost in the mix. A lot of people have been fearful of doing certain types of procedures or maybe even seeing the primary care physician, which then creates an additional barrier later on because whatever illness they may have uh, been dealing with has been pushed back or prolonged and sometimes the outcome is worse than it could have been if it was addressed sooner. We're very interested in, in trying to ensure that we're meeting the needs of the community, providing this testing. We are the largest testing site on the Big Island and we've just, had a fantastic group that has worked very hard to ensure that this continues forward so long as it's needed within the community.
1: How much are you getting reimbursed for each test? I'm just curious, because I know the federal government said they would cover all the testing under the CARES Act, but how much does that mean to any testing center?
3: You know, it really varies. It could be anywhere from $80 to $100 per test. It varies depending on what the reimbursement is reimbursement rates coming from an insurance company can vary. We just actually received guidance because there wasn't a whole lot of guidance prior to May 6th on how we seek reimbursement for anyone that maybe did not have insurance, and those guidelines are still kind of coming out. So we have yet to bill for that to the federal government, but we're, we're going to go through the process and. Hopefully we get something. If not, we've decided that this is a community uh, service that we are willing to do. We are a nonprofit organization, and we're happy to do so.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear your answer because somebody had told me that the people like you who are doing these tests were billing like $700 to $1,000 per test. And that seemed like a lot of money to me, even though I wouldn't personally be paying it. So anyway, thank you for that.
3: Yeah, although it would be nice if we could, that is a little astronomical. No, usually usually any diagnostic testing or any kind of consult would be anywhere from 80 to $100, $120 at the most.
1: Clayton, you know, you talked a little bit about Ali'i Health, and I forgot to mention when I introduced this interview that Ali'i Health Center is really part of Kona Community Hospital, and you are a general health provider, you have an awful lot of doctors, and I know that since COVID-19, things have changed in the healthcare quite a bit, and that includes with you.
3: It's interesting because we've really gotten into the testing business, and we did it so rapidly that that kind of took our main focus. But we've also, telehealth medicine now is at the forefront of what we are delivering here at OED Health Center. So we are definitely changing the way we operate because we want to make it a safe environment for not only the patients, but our providers and staff. So we, within two days, uh, were able to implement a telehealth operation, and basically everyone had converted over, and we saw everyone that we could with the, with the telehealth medicine visit, which has been fantastic for us and the community because of the safety precautions.
1: And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. We're on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and on B97, B93. And we post all of our discussions as podcasts online at kwxx.com and at b97hawaii.com. They're also posted wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Island Conversations and you can subscribe. This discussion is not airing on the radio. It's only being posted as a podcast, and I'm delighted you've joined us. The next podcast I expect to record is actually this afternoon, June 5th, 2020, with Governor David Egate. Before we get back to Before we get back to Ann Broderson and Clayton McGann of Ali'i Health Center about testing, the additional flexibility they're able to show now, antibody testing, and more, let's hear a word from our generous sponsor, KTA Superstores.
0: At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our Mountain Apple brand is all local, so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA.
1: And now back to Clayton McGann and Ann Broderson of AliE Health. I'd like to talk a little bit about antibody testing. Ann Broderson, I know that AliE Health is one of the many entities right now offering antibody testing. What is that? Why are you doing it? Why is it important?
2: So, the antibody testing is really a new frontier that we know that we're going to have a lot more data and information and research for all the virologists and the scientists to be able to figure COVID-19 out. So by gaining more people who are getting the antibody test done, we're able to track more information about who has had exposure in the past and who possibly had an asymptomatic infection maybe several months ago even and for whatever reason wasn't able to get the to show that they had an active COVID-19 infection then, but now their body has built up these antibodies to potentially help them fend off a future exposure. However, that's the tricky part, Sherry, is that we don't know exactly how to interpret a positive antibody result yet. We don't know if that means that that person is permanently immune, could never get infected with COVID-19 again. We don't know if that means that they have only a temporary immunity that perhaps lasts just a couple months, or if it's somewhere in between the two. So until we get more data to be able to help the scientists figure out the answers to those questions, there's not a whole lot that changes in terms of what our recommendations are medically for a patient that has a positive antibody result. They still need to continue to follow the same social distancing guidelines, wearing masks, you know, washing their hands. This isn't a cart launch immunity status card that they can jump on any plane with, with no questions asked. It's really not anything like that right now, but what it is, is a means to get more information. And a lot of people just really want to know if they were affected by this in the past. So we are happy to help the science by participating with ordering the antibody screening test. We order it through both of the private labs, clinical labs of Hawaii, and diagnostic lab services that just went online with their antibody tests. Um, But we do not provide the phlebotomy. We do not do the blood draw on site. Because, as I said earlier, our main focus really is on the active infection and on the PCR. And the amount of resources, staffing-wise, that it takes to run our drive-through operation that's open to the public twice a week is pretty intense. So we just didn't feel that that would be the best use to offer the phlebotomy on-site, but we are happy to send any appropriate patient after they've come through the medical screening to go ahead and take that order down to the lab and get the test done.
1: Oh, interesting, because I thought you guys were doing it there, so this is interesting. By the way, I did make a call to Kaiser, which does not offer nor cover antibody tests. I called HMSA and their answer to me was that they do cover it, but they couldn't tell me what the copay would be, depends on people's plans. What's your experience with antibody testing?
2: Right now, I'm telling all of our patients that until there's some established medical necessity as to why the test needs to be run and how that would change medical recommendations, that they shouldn't assume that their insurance company will help pay for it at all. However, I am hearing mixed things that some companies may help with it. I don't know if that's, you know, complete coverage or a partial coverage, Either way, they just need to be prepared to pay for it out of pocket, and it's very reasonably priced um, thanks to clinical and diagnostic labs. Clinical labs offers the test and the phlebotomy for $46. Diagnostic labs offers it for $40. So it's not too much out of pocket for the patient if they want to know whether they have antibodies or not. And then the labs have told me that they will attempt to bill the patient's insurance, they will not bill the patient until the insurance company comes back and denies the claim or pays for a part of it or whatever whatever terms they set up to do. So I, I figure that for most patients, it will just be a nice, pleasant surprise if it turns out their insurance did cover it, but that they should be prepared to pay that expense.
1: What I'm hoping is that at some point, the Department of Health will start releasing the results of antibody testing. So we do get a better sense in the state, really, and certainly on this island, whether COVID-19 was in the community in January, February, March, even December, times before the COVID-19 tests were even being done. Since we have heard about people who had flu-like symptoms, but either weren't tested at all, or their flu test came out negative, because you know, just understanding the spread of it in the community before is important. And as we go forward, as we get tourists back, especially, I think it'll be probably really helpful for public health issues to understand all that.
2: Absolutely. And it's, you know, these antibody tests, if they get a positive, that can be very good information for Department of Health to use too, because they're able to take those cases and then try to go back and contact Trace and find a link to, you know, where the active infection was. Um, And then take that information and then contact Trace forward. So perhaps there's people that have active infections now that had some kind of direct contact with these folks that have antibodies and had an exposure, say, a month ago that they're able to actually help prevent some infections from happening or at least get them identified earlier.
1: Right now our three island hospitals have reopened essentially for elective surgeries and for other procedures like imaging, things that were pretty well shut down because they had a concern about being overwhelmed with COVID nineteen patients. That has not happened, thank goodness, on the island. But In order to start all that up again, the hospitals, all of them, have had a focus on making sure that patients who come in do not have COVID-19. So just talk about the procedures, what has to happen for somebody who is going in for any procedure inside the hospital. Clayton, why don't you help us with that question?
3: Great. So I'm happy to address that. In partnership with the hospital and with the ambulatory surgery center, we're doing everything we can to ensure that the patients that are going in for elective surgeries don't bring active infection to the hospital. Part of the reason is to ensure that our hospitals can maintain a safe environment for their employees. Obviously, the last thing we want to do is send a patient in for an elective procedure that could be held off and then infect a whole hospital wing or take that down to a surgery center. So right now, what we are doing is we're following the guidelines set by the hospital and the ambulatory surgery center is we ensure that our patients are tested within seven days of their surgery, and this allows us to have that peace of mind knowing that we're sending over a patient that isn't going to transmit anything or their lower risk of transmitting COVID-19 to someone within that, that setting.
2: And additionally, you know, we want to keep the patient safe. So it would be awful to send a patient that had an asymptomatic COVID-19 infection in for an elective surgery. And then because of the COVID-19 infection, they have a poor outcome, you know, they get an incisional infection or something with their surgical site, or they have some kind of respiratory complications during the surgery or during the recovery period. So it's, Both for the safety of the staff and definitely very much for the patient. Absolutely. Well,
1: I would think that even somebody who's asymptomatic might, in fact, have a reduced immune response in general, even though they don't feel that way. And that could impact the outcome of a surgery, I would think.
2: Yeah, and absolutely. It's very well documented about the inflammatory response that happens in individuals that have a COVID 19 infection just massive, sometimes multi-organ, uh, complete body inflammation. So that certainly could, could
3: cause a lot of complications.
1: Okay. Are there other things we should talk about before we say aloha?
3: I just have one thing. I just, if I can, say thank you to all the community members that have donated food, donated their time, all of those that have assisted, including the Elite Health Center employees, ensure that our testing site has continued. We just want to send a, a huge aloha and thank you to them. So I, I want to make sure that we say something like that.
1: Well, I just want to ask a silly question. Why do people need to donate food for your employees to be working at that testing site, if you don't mind my asking?
2: It's a nice thing after four hours in really hot PPE to have lunch taken care of. And it's a little bit of a, a nice reward. You know, we use a lot of volunteers, National Guard support that County helps us with, public health nurses, medical reserve corps. So a lot of people are down here on their own time and not being paid. So it's really more more to thank them, those folks that are that are helping us out.
3: Yeah, and I, I will say this. I think we live in such a community where you have many businesses and many people that want to give and help. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the outreach of people just bringing food, different organizations bringing food by, as a way of saying thank you, has been tremendous.
2: Another thing that's been cool with that is that lots of um, private donors want to do something Uh, to help us and show their gratitude, but then also support a local business. So some of these restaurants that have barely been able to stay open, giving them a, a little order to do 25 meals for our testing site staff, that's been a big help to a lot of a lot of the locally owned restaurants.
1: That is good. Yeah, I know my husband and I want to make sure we have restaurants still in business when all this is over. So uh, that's probably helping my weight gain right now during the COVID-19 <laughs> shutdown. That and not being able to play tennis like I normally do. I really want to thank you both for your time. Is there anything else?
2: No. We just want to make sure that everybody knows in the community that Ali'i Health Center will continue to offer this service until there is no longer a need or until we do not have the resources to do so. So we are here every Monday and Thursday at K-H-O Shopping Center. From 8 a.m. to noon, we moved up to the maintenance parking lot behind the movie theater on the Malka side, so that's where we're at now. We're happy to take care of any patients that have any concerns, questions, symptoms or not. Basically, if you have a question, just come on down, and we will get you taken care of. Clayton
1: McGann, CEO of Elite Health, thank you so much for your time. Aloha.
3: Aloha. Thank you.
1: And Ann Broderson, advanced practice nurse, thank you so much for your time in Manao. Very much appreciated. Aloha.
2: Thank you so much, Sherry. Good to talk with you today.
1: And that was Ann Broderson and Clayton McGann of Ali'i Health Center which is in Keaho Shopping Center offering COVID-19 and antibody testing orders Mondays and Thursdays from 8 until noon. And they helped us understand some of the issues around testing and the more flexibility that the testing centers have now because they really want to capture all the COVID-19 cases. I'm Sherry Bracken. This has been a bonus podcast of Island Conversations. Please always check the podcast site for new Island Conversations. Next up, I expect to have a short interview with Governor David Ige, recorded on Friday afternoon, June 5th. Until the next Island Conversations, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi
0: Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions and info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Highland Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.